this is why you need to level up your self-esteem before you get out there and date because a low self-esteem will never let you understand this ever, 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 ever. Your low self-esteem, its job is to get you spiraling. Its job is to keep you low. Its job is to even, girl, how low can you go? Can you go a little bit lower? Like that's literally your low self-esteem's job. So it's not a good idea to date when your self-esteem is on the floor. Fix yourself first. Because then, on top of it, your low self-esteem will have you out there trying to fix everybody else because you're trying to avoid fixing yourself. No, no, no. No, fix yourself first. Welcome back, everyone, to Diary of an Empath. So today's guest, I am so super, super excited because I have been following her for a long time. Her name is CCB. She writes about life and lessons. She's a 13 times author. She's written 13 books, you guys. And she really talks about dating and relationships and really gets into women empowerment. So thank you so much, B. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. So a lot of my listeners actually follow you. So um, I reached out to a lot of my listeners to just ask them, like, what are some of the questions that they wanted to ask you? And me personally, I started following you probably like maybe a couple years back. Um, and I, I listened to your podcast. And one thing I love about you is you keep it real. Like you don't sugarcoat shit. You, you say it just how it is. And I think a lot of us really need that because we always have those friends who, you know, maybe don't give us the best advice or, you know, we when we're in relationships and, and sometimes are blinded by the toxic bullshit that's in our life, we don't always see things for what they are. So I love that you write about that, that you talk about that. And tell me a little bit about your background and maybe how you got into this and, and your story, your history. Well, first of all, thanks. I've been writing since I was five um, and it's really was used. It started off as a, so I suffered from anxiety as a kid. We just didn't know that's what it's called. I'm, I'm about to be 37. Anxiety wasn't a word in 1980 something. I didn't really like to speak up. So my mom gave me a pen and a paper and she was like, yo, whenever you feel like you have something to say, she was like, write it down. As long as you write, as long as you have your pen and paper, your voice can never be lost. So I started like journaling, didn't know that I was doing that, but my journaling was I would write these stories about what happened in my day and they would be like complete with like scenery and dialogue and characters, but they were all real people. It was really what happened in my day. And I just kept doing that. And so writing became like a super safe place for me. And I just grew up with it. I never stopped. And I, then it transitioned into like journaling. And But so, yeah, that's really how that happened. And I always knew that I wanted to be an author. I knew that I wanted to write books. I read a book when I was, thir- I want to say 13 or 12. It was called The Coldest Winter Ever. And when I opened the book and I started reading, I was like, this is how I want to write. And that was it. I love that. I, I really love that your mom empowered you. Yeah. I think that's that's so important because that really, you know, the way that we interact with our parents really set the way and the road of how we are as adults. Yep. And, you know, I didn't have the biggest, well, the greatest upbringing. You know, I didn't have good parenting. I don't have a close relationship with either of my parents. And I really didn't have that that close mother-daughter relationship. And I have a 13-year-old. And it's funny because when I listen to you, it almost reminds me of like 
how she can or will be because she loves to write and she's the same way. So I think that's so powerful that your mom kind of handed you those tools at such a young age that really kind of paved the way with who you are today as a woman. And I, I noticed that you, you write a lot and you talk a lot about, you know, toxic relationships. And I think that a lot of women, especially empaths or women who are sensitive, we, we tend to at least once in our life, you know, be in those situations. If someone's in a relationship and they know that it's not good for them, but they maybe don't know how to navigate how to get out of that relationship, what would your advice be to that person? There's levels and layers. I think this is like a really loaded question depending on the the person and what their life is and the relationship they have with themselves. And I think it's more what I try to tell women all the time is focus less on the toxic relationship you have with someone else and more on the toxic relationship you have with yourself because water seeks its own level. The relationships we have in our lives are at every point are a direct reflection of the relationships we have with ourselves in that moment of our life. We're always in different versions of ourselves. Sometimes we stay the same version of ourselves for way too long, but something is happening or something has happened where you are caught up and this is like normal to you or this is something that's not registering for you to like leave. And this is something you keep going back to. And this is something you keep entertaining. It's more about what's going on inside of you that is not allowing you to say, yo, put your foot down and be like, yo, I'm out. Like, this is not it for me. That's powerful. And and I think it's hard for people to really face their shit. Mm -hmm, It is. mm -hmm. It's not easy because like, I think that we do things that make us comfortable, right? And so anything that's uncomfortable, we don't want to face it. We don't want to feel those feelings. We want to avoid what makes us uncomfortable. But when we do that, we're not processing it. We're not we're not doing the work that needs to be done for those cycles to end. So that's real because if you ignore the stuff that you have to deal with and your own maybe even your own toxicity, you're going to repeat those cycles. So if somebody's in a relationship they're listening right now and they know that there's some toxic things going on, whether it's with themselves or with their partner, at what point does somebody say, okay, I need to leave? Like, how do they know when they need to leave a toxic relationship? The minute they feel it. If you got to ask people like, hey, do you like, you know, a toxic or a volatile relationship when you're in one, like, you know, it's not good. You start to be embarrassed. You start to isolate yourself. You don't want to tell your friends certain things. Like the minute you don't want to tell your friends, like certain things that are going on, the way he's speaking to you, the way this, the way that, the minute that happens, you know, you're in an ancient relationship and it's time for you to make a decision. You got to decide it's me over him. I, I need to care about myself and that this is my safety. Like these are literally for safety because a toxic relationships can easily turn into abusive relationships on any level, right? From emotional to spiritual to physical, all three at the same time. So it's at that point where you have to be like, yo, this isn't working. And why do you want to hold on to something that isn't working? A relationship takes two people who are working together, not working against each other. That's real. I was in an abusive relationship many, many, many years ago. And I remember I got to that point where I was embarrassed. I wasn't Mm -hmm. telling people the things that were really happening. And I think that's a great point when you can't tell the people that, hey, this and this is going on because maybe you're embarrassed or maybe whatever the case is, that's not healthy. There's something going on right there. 
So if you decide to leave, if, if they get the courage to finally leave, but maybe, you know, I think we've all been there where we miss the good in the person. We miss that good side. We miss the love bombing or whatever it is. And somebody's maybe getting that itch to maybe he'll change. Maybe she'll change. Should I go back? What's your advice to someone who is maybe thinking about going back to a toxic relationship? Don't. Like the relationship is toxic and gets to that point because 80% of it is bad and you're holding on to 20% or sometimes even 10% or sometimes even 5%, right? But it becomes toxic because an overwhelmingly majority of the relationship is bad. That's it. That's all you need is bad. Who cares? If Because I think a lot of women do this thing where it's like, but his potential. And it's like, who gives a shit about his potential? If he's not growing into his own potential, it's not for you to come and be his mother and try to push him or challenge him into his potential. Like this is, he has his own work. He's an adult. You're an adult. And I know that, I know I sound like very like blunt and dry about it, but like, that's really like cutthroat, but that's really how, you know, for me in the, the couple toxic relationships I had, like I had to be very dry with myself and be like, yo, it's this or that. Sometimes I had to think of it of the extreme. Like, do you want to die? Because <laughs> even a kidnapper is really fucking sweet. You know what I mean? Like, even a kidnapper is super sweet and luring. And a kidnapper has a good side too. But then they'll kidnap you and hold you for ransom and kill you. You kind of have to put that in perspective where it's like, this is not good for me. Like, overall, sure, this person had like some some nice traits about him. Love Love that for him. But also, overall... I was not being treated well, or I was only, most of the time, you're only being treated well after you've threatened to leave or after you've already left. And then he, you know, here comes the breadcrumbs. Normally you're only treated well and you're not even treated well. You're treated just well enough for you to stay. That's a really, really powerful statement because I think a lot of us, and I don't like to categorize people, but at least for me, I would tend to idealize somebody and kind of put them on this pedestal of, what I hope that they'll become, who I think that they'll be or who they were in the past. So it's like, I would always see someone for the potential, not for who they were in that moment. And I always tell my clients, you have to see someone for exactly who they are right now. Who are they showing you right now? Because somebody will, when you're dating somebody or you're in a relationship, they will always show you who they are. You have to believe them. If they're telling you they're a certain way, believe them. If they are showing you that they are X, Y, and Z because their actions and their words aren't matching up or whatever the fuck it is. You need to believe them, not believe, oh, well, maybe they'll change or maybe they'll go back to the way that they were. So that's that's super powerful. If a kidnapper kidnapped you, you would believe them for who they're showing you right then and there. That That's so real. So what if after navigating the toxic relationship, somebody you know gets out of the relationship and they are empowering themselves, they don't want to go back, but maybe now they're navigating into the dating world. How does somebody get back into dating after going through toxic relationships maybe their entire life? How do they navigate healthy relationships? Well, they need to navigate a healthy relationship with themselves first before they get out there. And I think this is the mark that gets missed all the time, so many times. And I talk to so many women my own clients too. And it's always this thing where they haven't healed. So they've had a string of toxic relationships and they haven't healed from not one of them. And so they keep going into relationship after relationship after relationship 
and you're getting the same type of man just in a little bit of a different package because you're the same woman in a little bit of a different package. And like so many women don't want to make that connection or don't even want to hear that like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? And that's just the reality of it. There is much healing that needs to go on so that you can build a healthy relationship with yourself. Once you have it with yourself, then the type of men, first of all, that you're attracted to are different. And it's not to say that you're not going to meet a, a few, you know, losers along the way. But because you have a good relationship with yourself, you'll recognize that shit and be like, I'm all set off you. And no matter at what stage, whether you recognize him as a loser right away or he has a mask on for three months. And then once that mask comes off, you're just like, oh, wait a minute. Now we don't do that here. You got to go because you value yourself first and foremost. Right. And I think also, too, it's important to know not all men are the toxic men you've been used to. That's not the case. And I think a lot of women rally around each other in those echo chambers and they trauma bond and they all tell each other the same thing and they all feed each other the same fears. And at the end of the day, you can't find or want love when you are breathing fear into yourself and you're allowing other people to breathe fear into you because fear is the opposite spectrum of love. You're repelling it. And also too, these are like chants that you're chanting over your lives. There's no good men. There's no good men. There's no good men. There's no good men. Well, no shit. You're never going to see a good man because you've programmed yourself now to believe that that doesn't exist, coupled with the fact you haven't healed. So you're not only in this echo chamber where you guys are all regurgitating the same things in each other's mouths like penguins, but it's also you haven't healed from ghosts of boyfriends past. And then when you get back in the dating pool, because you haven't healed, you go right back to the same dating pool that you were always in, the same environment with the same ancient men, with the same, there's nothing there for you, sis. Oh, that was powerful. I'm taking notes because that is so, so true. When you're surrounding yourself with, I love how you mentioned how it's kind of like an echo chamber. And I think too, you know, I believe heavily in the law of attraction and when you are continuing to put out these types of frequencies, that's what you're going to attract back. So if you're on a certain vibration, you know, men ain't shit. And I trust me, I've been there and I still struggle with getting off that type of frequency and, and to stop myself from saying those types of affirmations, because that is what you're going to continue to attract. And that is such a good point because a lot of people don't realize that they have a lot of negative self-talk. And, and if you're continuing to speak your truth, which is there's no good men out there, then a lot of times you're not going to do your own healing. You're going to continue to attract men who maybe aren't healed themselves. And especially if you're keeping your circle with people who are saying the same things, you're just surrounding yourself with that type of vibration and frequency and that type of talk. So that is very, very powerful. So if somebody is in a relationship and they're starting to get back into a healthy relationship, how do they navigate you know, self-sabotaging versus recognizing that, you know what, maybe this is a healthy relationship and maybe it's just me that's fucking this up or self-sabotaging this. I think the key to a healthy relationship is healthy communication. And so I think if you're in a healthy relationship, not I think, I know, and I believe that if you're in a healthy relationship, then you should be able to talk. We all have residue, no matter how much healing that we do, there's always going to be parts of there's certain traumas, certain things we've been through and or put ourselves through that some some of them just don't go away. And we just have to learn how to live with them and like kind of like move with them. And it's important to have conversations with your with your human, with your partner and be able to be open about that. Like, yo, like 
you know, there are some things that I'm still a little traumatized by and like not in a lashing out type of way, not in an unhealthy way, but in a way where like every now and then it comes up. So sometimes I feel a little insecure, maybe let's just say, right? Maybe that's the case. Sometimes I feel a little insecure and because I'm so used to like toxic-ish, this is new to me. And maybe I just need a little bit of extra fill in the blank for a while. Do you think that would be okay? Or, you know, just like conversation, People don't know how to communicate. That's another thing too. And people don't want to be vulnerable. You know, people want these healthy relationships, but they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to be honest about how they're feeling. How is that a healthy relationship? Communication's huge. And I agree with you. I think a lot of people really have a hard time communicating. They avoid. They avoid the shit that makes them feel bad. And when you have a lot of people that have like, whether it's avoidant attachment styles or anxious attachment styles, you know, that doesn't go well together, you know, so you you have to communicate how you're feeling to your partner and vice versa. Otherwise, at some point, you're going to get triggered, there's going to be something that's going to happen where this is going to resurface, no matter how much that you just put it to the backside, it's going to create this like compounded energy that eventually is going to come out, whether it's triggering your nervous system or triggering behavior. So I think you're right. I think communication is 100%. You said something that I saw in one of your posts from your book that really stood out to me. The quote said, I had to accept the fact that I'll never get an apology from him because in his twisted mind, he's done nothing wrong. So how does someone get closure without the apology? Because I know that's hard for a lot of people. You do exactly that. You accept. That's it. You just accept. And people have to think of it this way. If somebody died, you would never get closure if you're looking at it like that. It's another way of allowing somebody to control your life. Why would you want somebody to control your life? That closure that you're looking for, you could literally give it to yourself, right? Because not everybody who hurt you is going to get to a place in their lives where they're able to apologize. You know, some people stay abusive and toxic forever. Some people do change. Some people grow. Some people recognize. But their timelines are not probably not going to align with yours. And this idea that like somebody needs to give you closure is you controlling, trying to control the situation. And it's you allowing somebody to have control over you as well. And it's just, it just doesn't work like that. So, and again, some people just don't feel like they did anything wrong because they're not at a space in their life where they could be like, yo, I I fucked up. (laughs) Like, you know, so what are you going to do? You're going to sit in, in a hostage situation That wanting closure from someone is a hostage situation. That's the best way that I could describe it. And you're going to sit there for the rest of your life. No, free yourself and just be like, yo, that person needs to heal. Wish them whatever it is that they deserve. It ain't none of my business. It's between them and karma. And I got to move on with my life because I got things to do. That was a hard realization for me. I was in, especially in my 20s, and I'm the same age as you, I'm 36. And I used to always need the closure. Like, I want to know the how and the why. I'm an overthinker, I'm an empath. So for me, like, I always need to know, okay, well, why did you do this? You know, don't you feel empathy? Don't you feel bad? Like, I need to know, I need to have that apology. I had to come to the point with myself that I'm not going to get the apology. And I have to be okay with not getting the apology. I don't need the apology in order for me to forgive or to move on or to move forward or to heal. Because I think there's a lot of people who feel like they need the apology for the closure. They need the apology in order to move on in order to heal. But you don't need that person's permission 
to heal. And I feel like when you're asking for an apology, you're asking for an acknowledgement and permission. And yeah, I get like, as a, as a human, we want validation. We want to feel validated that someone made us feel like shit or something that someone hurt us, but it doesn't change the fact that it happened. So you have to give yourself permission to heal, to move forward. And that was a really hard reality for me. And I think that a lot of people struggle with that. It's a really difficult one. I think when we go through toxic relationships, it can really do a toll to, to self-esteem. Right. It can. I, I know for me, when I came out of my, my marriage, I <laughs> I dated a guy who ended up being under, you know, uh, a gay. He ended up really liking men. And, okay. you know, the red flags were there. Oh, yeah, it was, that's a juicy story. But I'll save that for another podcast. The red flags were there. But my, my self-esteem was so low that I was willing to overlook so many different things within that person. And so if somebody's navigating and trying to date again, how does someone deal with rejection? How do they deal with self-esteem issues when they're coming out of a toxic relationship? So fix your self-esteem before you start dating again, because if your self-esteem is not where it needs to be, your self-esteem will always whisper in your ear, oh, you're on a date with this man. I know he's not for you, but like, girl, he's the last man on earth and you better get with him and da 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 Like that's how your low self-esteem will whisper in your ear. When you have healthy self-esteem, you want to date and you're like, girl, he's all right. But like, if he's not the one for you, there's other men in the scene, next caller, bye. So your self-esteem needs to be adjusted before you get out there. That's that's it. You don't have to have like the highest of the highest, you know what I mean? But you can't have the lowest of the lowest either because you're, you're always, again, you're going to end up getting the same type of, Men sense that. They know when you're on low self-esteem because there's actions, the way you act, the things you say, the things you do, which is actions and do. I said the same thing twice. Good for me. But like, <laughs> you know, they, they know. And good men will smell that and they'll leave you alone because good, healthy men do not want a woman who has low self-esteem. And then water seeks its own level. So men who have low self-esteem will sense and smell your self-esteem. You'll be perfect for them because then they can break you down further to feel like they are better and above you. It's a very, very bad cycle. I think that a lot of rejection is just, it's ego-based, man. And like women have to look at it like this. Aren't there men that you don't want to date? Aren't there men that you start dating and like a month or two in, you're like, yeah, this is not going to be for me, Mm. right? And then you're like, hey, sorry, this isn't going to work. You're allowed to do that and you absolutely should do that. A man is allowed to be like, yo, you're not for me. And you got to take that. <laughs> Just take it. And it doesn't mean that there's anything necessarily wrong with you. It could be. It couldn't be. It doesn't have to mean that you spiral into this whole vortex of like, oh, no, woe is me, blah, 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 blah. It could just mean like it could pinch, right? There's like a level of like – there's levels of ouches. But the problem is that I think that so many people make every ouch the same level of ouch. So it's everybody had like the smallest ouch is like, oh my God, right? And it's like in the grand scheme of things, who cares if this guy that you've known for five minutes doesn't want to be with you? Life goes on. You're going to be all right. Take your little ouchie on your on your ego because it's not your heart that's hurting. It's just your ego that's sitting on top of your heart and it's taking up all this space and you can't tell the difference between the two, right? So like just take your little ouchie put some ice on it, girl, you're going to be okay. And like, dust yourself off and like, let's go, you know, because in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't really matter. Your feelings are valid. Yes. But in the grand scheme of things and start thinking about like this, like 
There are so many ways to rejection is protection. Rejection is redirection. Like when one door closes, another one opens. Like there's so many ways that you could go about that. Like there's been times when, you know, I was dating a guy or seeing a guy and then for whatever reason, something happened and I was like, okay, ouch, but whatever. But then it turns out a year later or six months down the line, I hear this guy, a whole bag of problems with this man, like a whole thing, a whole, and I'm like, oh, look, I was being protected from something like because that could have been me. You know what I mean? I could have been in the mix with him. So like just know that it's everybody isn't for you and you're not for everybody either. And that's okay. This is why you need to level up your self-esteem before you get out there and date because a low self-esteem will never let you understand this ever, 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 ever. Your low self-esteem, its job is to get you spiraling. Its job is to keep you low. Its job is to even, girl, how low can you go? Can you go a little bit lower? Like that's literally your low self-esteem's job. So it's not a good idea to date when your self-esteem is on the floor. Fix yourself first because then on top of it, your low self-esteem will have you out there trying to fix everybody else because you're trying to avoid fixing yourself. No, no, no. No, fix yourself first. Everyone needs a best friend like you. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to hold it in because I'm like, I'm listening and I'm like, I love everything that you're saying, but Thanks. you, it, it's real. I love that. <laughs> I love that you say there's levels of ouchies there. It's so true. It really is. And I think that you hit the nail on the head, you know, and especially with self-esteem, if you don't fix your self-esteem, you are going to, and this is just, listen, I've had this told to me, my best friend love lover she's from jamaica and she keeps it real mm. and she would always tell me like listen if you if you don't fix your own shit you're going to attract men who are going to try to take advantage because they prey on people who have low self-esteem and you're going to continue to attract the same type of man if you don't fix yourself and most of the time if something happens whether it's rejection or whatnot nine times out of 10, it's never about you. It's always usually something with the person. And even if you're not their person, that's okay. Yeah, it's right. It's okay. Like I meet guys sometimes who, well, a lot of times who just aren't my person. And it's not a reflection of they're a bad person or that they have a fucked up character. Maybe there's just no chemistry or whatever the case is. So I think that's okay. But until you get to a point where you are really secure with yourself, it's going to hurt. You have to fix your own stuff. You have to fix your own self-esteem. So I love the way that you put that. So speaking of dating, I've been single for a long time. And, you know, I try to get in the mindset of not being negative, but dating is hard. It is hard these days. So I don't know if you're single or if you're in a relationship, but you talk about dating a lot. So what do you think the issue is with dating and relationships in this generation? What needs to change? I'm going to be really honest at the risk of sounding a certain type of way, but this is just my truth. I don't have dating problems. I think there's like a disconnect with me sometimes with because I don't experience the things that I've heard so many other women experiencing like over and over again when it comes to dating. I typically, well, before I met my fiance, but I typically date slowly, very organically. I am very open. So when I'm single, I'm very open to new experiences and I'm I'm open. My energy is open and I'm, because I'm never like, I am looking for love. I'm never like that. I'm just like living my life and I'm just like happy to be doing my thing. I just meet men organically and form like a friendship with them. Even if there's attraction there, I form like a really long, 
take that long. You take your you take your time. <laughs> I really do take my time, and then it like builds up, and then it just segues naturally into this. Seems like the next step is to like date, and then it seems like the next step is to date exclusively, and then maybe it seems like the next step is to, you know, um, pressure. I think it's pressure. I think it's the pressure they put on themselves. I think it's the pressure they put on other people. I think that it is the rush. I think that it's a lot of thirst. I think that it's a lot of, I need this now. And a lot of not really understanding instant gratification versus delayed gratification and how those two things are very different and they make all the difference. Don't get me wrong. Like I get like being tired and like being at a point in your life where you're like, you know, like Charlotte from Sex in the City, you're like, where is he already? Like, I get that. Like, I understand. Duh. You know, we're fucking grown. But again, the majority of my clients, to be quite honest, nope, all of my clients, to be quite honest, whenever we peel back the layers and get to the root of things, they're just hopping from one man to another because they're so frustrated and they just want to find their person. In the background, though, they don't really have anything going on for themselves. They don't have no – and that's why I always tell people, like, get a life. And I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm not saying it to be rude. I'm saying it, like, in the literal way. Like, get something going on for yourself that you're so engrossed in happily and, like, proud of. I'm not saying you got to be happy every single day. But, you know what I mean? For the majority, you're like, wow, like, I love what I'm doing. I love how I'm setting up my life for myself because the vibrations are just different. And – then be open to things happening organically. I also know so many women too that like they have this thing where like they can only meet a man for them in certain places and spaces. And I'm like, what? There could be a guy that at the, I always use the grocery store as an example, but there could be a guy at a grocery store who is like, hey, like, you know what I mean? They're like, don't talk to me. And like, and I'm just like, well, girl, ah, I can't date anybody who's been in the grocery store. Why? Why not? But because people's energies are super closed and they only open up in certain spaces. So, for example, women will get dressed up and go to the club and be like, okay, I'm trying to see some eye candy. I'm trying to see who I can Like, it's almost like that in that place, I'm going to be open. Oh, we're going on a girls' night to this event in that space, I'm going to be open. But for some reason, on a regular day, you're just not open. A lot of men could be coming at you and you're just like throwing them. You're just like, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. No, not you, not you, not you, not you. Everybody go away. But you just have to be open, you know, and your openness is, again, aligned with your energy and aligned with the things that you say to yourself and the conversations you have with other people and other women, which leads us right back to the beginning when I was talking about these echo chambers. These things have a domino effect in our lives because these echo chambers will lead you to or that spell that you're casting over yourself is... One, they ain't no good men out here. Two, if there are, they're only in a specific place at a specific time at a specific hour. And that's just not true. I'm taking notes because I, I feel I almost I don't want to say, you know, how I like that term. I feel attacked, but it's so true because I am guilty of doing that. I, I'm, I'm really closed off when I go to the gym. Girl, I have this straight face. Don't talk to me. Don't fuck with me. And I've met people who have said, you look intimidating. You look like you do not want to be approached. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know why I do that. I don't know if it's like a defense mechanism. I don't know if it's like my energy that I'm just like, no, I can only meet a guy in a certain space when I'm energetically ready. But I notice that I do that. I close myself off unless I'm in a certain place where I can open myself up. Like, I'm like that too. Like, my face is not an approachable one for the most part. When I got things to do, I got things to do. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, 
I'm not walking around with my gums showing and like, you know, like I'm not like my cheekbones up to here and I'm just la 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 open. Like, no, even if my facial expression is like very like serious because I'm focused on something or I'm doing what I got to do, whatever, my energy isn't. And I think that's what makes a difference. I'm also like my personality is like I'm very I'm funny <laughs> and I'm like very you are like, funny. I've, I've been trying to hold my laugh in so, so you can talk. <laughs> you know, like I, I but I'm comfortable with myself. Right. And I'm also not afraid to be like if I see a guy outside, I'll give him a compliment. And a lot of times giving a compliment opens up so much. (laughs) What can a girl do if she's out or even a guy who's listening and they want to be more open or they want to be, you know, more open in those types of environments when they're typically not comfortable? Is there something that you would advise or maybe things that they can do to maybe open themselves up a little bit? Is it just simply just being aware? Let's put it like this. If there was a job that you really wanted, like you were really focused on a certain type of job and you're like, okay, you've done your studying for it. Like you've done whatever you needed to do. Like, you know, your resume is good. You know, everything is good. Like you're good and you're ready for this job. You just got to wait for it to come in. Right. Like, and, but you also got to be on the lookout to see where there's openings. Right. Because you've let people know around you, like, yo, if you know this place, whatever this, whatever position opens, let me know, call me, let me know, blah, blah, blah. But you're also aware that you can go into certain spaces and like network, right? And like you don't know who knows who and whatever the case may be. You would be open all the time. You wouldn't necessarily be like, like I said, smiling and walking on sunshine every day, but you would be always be aware that this is the job you want. And as a result, I'm putting myself in the position that I want to get energetically. So I'm not going to put my phone on do not disturb because I'm, I'm waiting for those calls. Like I'm not going to this. I'm not going to that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to open myself up completely because I know that the job can come from my homegirls. It can come from my homeboys. It can come from the person at the mall. It can come from all these places. I don't, maybe not job, but like position, like, you know what I mean? Depending on what it is, but you would be open to that, right? So it's kind of like the same thing. If you know, but I think be just be honest. Like I know that I want to be in a healthy, committed relationship with a man. So I'm not going to ignore all men. <laughs> like on my day-to-day basis, I'm not going to ignore all men. It doesn't mean that I have to give every man cuz not all men are worthy of me. Let's be clear, right? So it doesn't mean that I have to give every single man the time of day. But it also means that I don't have to be like, ah, no, ah, ah. like every time a man is like, hey, girl, I've seen so many times with my own homegirls, man, like in so many different levels of like t- from 20 all the way till now, right? We'll be out and just doing regular errands and the guy would be like, excuse me, miss. And she'd be like, oh, I'm not out of time for this right now. No. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, is this, do we need to do this? Like, Right. And, like, women are something – women be like, poof, be gone. Your breath is too strong. Like, boo. Like, bye. Like, you're just like <laughs> – we don't <laughs> – we don't do all that. Like, it's true. It's true. I, I And I, I think I give off some of that energy too. But I, I, am, I am receptive if a guy comes up to me. But I have made a conscious effort, I, I think, in the last year, especially, like, when I turned 35 – I'm like, I'm going to open myself up to different types of men because I'm going to be completely honest. I had a type and I went for the light skin, pretty black men or the mixed guys. You know, I wanted a certain type. I was attracted to a certain type and I had to get to the point where I'm like, okay, so 
what if you meet somebody who has all the characteristics that you want, but so happens to be, you know, European or, you know, white or whatever. And I had to really like kind of expand my horizons. And when I started doing that and opening myself up to different types of guys, I actually started becoming attracted to different types of men. And so, and I don't know if that's the age. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and, and, and looks and certain things are just not as important to me and other things have become more attractive or if I've just changed my energy or if I'm just, you know, tired of the little selection <laughs> that I, I have, you know, I think you're right. You need to open yourself up and kind of just be accepting of whatever energy is going to come at you. It doesn't mean you have to settle. No, it just means that you need to be open. There's a difference between settling for less and settling. At some point you have to settle. Yes, absolutely. Everybody does. You have to settle on the apartment you're going to get. You have to settle on the house you want to buy. At some point you have to settle. Settling for less is not the same thing, right? And I also want to like kind of just make it clear because I know that a lot of times when I talk about this, there's always, you know, the back end is like, well, safety issues. And if a man, you know, men hurt women and they kidnap you and human trafficking and this and the third, of course. But this is where your alignment with yourself comes in, right? If something feels off, it's off. But everybody's not off because context really does matter. So I'm not in any way, shape, or form being like, every man that comes up to you, girl, give him the time of day. Let him know what color panties you're wearing. Let him know that you're available next Friday at 7 p.m. Let him know where you live. Let him know what you bank it. No, like I'm not saying that at all. Jesus, take the wheel. This is where your self-esteem comes in. That's why you got to work on that. That's why you got to reconnect with your intuition all of that and all of that is part of the self-love bundle package, right? So that you can be like, eh, this feels off. I'm all set versus, oh, hey. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You you, you have to still, you know, trust your intuition. Yeah. If something feels wrong, you got to follow your gut and always trust your intuition because that yeah. shit never leads you wrong. Yes. So there was another thing that I saw on your social media. It was a post that you made that I thought was was really insightful. And, and I think a lot of us go through it. You made a post about toxic dick, things that you need to consider before having sex with somebody. So explain that. Cause I, I really thought that that was powerful because I think a lot of us jump into the sex and the trauma bonds and we get kind of like sucked up in that, that toxicity. So what, what's that about? So I think a lot of women, because they get so little, they end up equating sex with love. And they'll run around and saying, like, I know he's toxic, but the dick is so good. And it's like, if you really actually sit with yourself, it's not that the dick is that great. And women try to argue this, and I just let I just let them go about their business because they haven't arrived. And that's fine. I have there was sometimes that I haven't there's places that I'd haven't arrived here all the time either. Hello, I, I had toxic relationships too, right? But the reality is, is that it's not that the toxic dick is so good. It's that that's the only time that you feel like your needs are being met to a certain degree. That's the only time you're feeling seen. That's the only time you're feeling like you get to have time with just him by yourself. That's the only time you feel like you're not in competition for him. That's the only time that you that you're hearing him say I love you in your ear while his like while the closeness you equate sex with intimacy. Sex can be part of intimacy, but intimacy is not sex. It can be. It's part of it, right, obviously, but it's not that the only thing that's intimacy. And I think a lot of women just don't even know what true intimacy is to begin with. And so we get in these toxic relationships and then we're like, oh, but the sex is so good. But that's the only thing that's keeping you going because when it's done, 
he's done too. When he's done getting what he wanted from you in that moment and even making you come and even whatever the case may be, like it goes right back to the bullshit. And a lot of times, if women really pay attention, the sex is only to shut you up. It's on his terms when he wants it. Like you the thing about you're in a toxic relationship, there is a power hierarchy, like a power imbalance, right? The man you're in a toxic relationship is the one in the power. So he's the one who decides when you go and get some dick. He's the one who decides when he wants some pussy. He's the one who decides it's not, it's not you for the most part, right? And when you think it's you, he's just doing it to shit you up because he knows that's your crumb. Here's a crumb. Here you go. For those that have been in narcissist relationships, that is what they do. They will breadcrumb you. They like to be in control. They'll withhold it when they want to withhold it. That's what it reminds me of because I've been in a relationship with a narcissist and that's kind of what I went through. And I think what you said is really spot on because for me, it was never about the sex. It was about the intimacy. It was Mm -hmm. the closeness. That was the only time that I felt close. That's the only time that I got the intimacy that I wanted out of the relationship, which is really unhealthy. If you are only getting intimacy when you have sex with somebody, there's a problem because you should be getting intimacy in other ways that do not involve sex. Yep. And if that's the only time that you are, you really need to maybe reevaluate that relationship. So I, I agree. It's not necessarily just about the pleasure of, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. Like if you want to have sex just to have sex and, and that's okay with you and you do you, but if you're just doing it to get the intimacy and that's the only time you do with that relationship, then that's, it's, it can potentially be very unhealthy. So I think you made a great point. You made another post that I thought was really, really interesting. You said a man who doesn't like titles is more than a red flag. He's a whole road closed ahead sign. So what are your thoughts on titles? And if someone does not want to place a title on a relationship or a situationship or commit, what do they do? Well, first of all, we should not be in situationships in 2022. So there's that. There's no that situationship is the title. So get out of there. But we're grown. And at this point, like if you don't like titles, well, I don't like you the fuck are we doing? Like we're grownups, man. Like we're fucking grownups. Okay. So we're not in middle school. We're not in high school. Like we're not doing this. No, no, no. It irritates me because like, no, we're just not doing this. It's again, and it boils down to, I think women asserting themselves and you can be kind and assertive at the same time. Like you can be polite and assertive at the same time. You don't got to be like, and that's why I tell women all the time, like don't actually take the Instagram posts and then like regurgitate them. Like you don't need it. Damn it. Damn it. Don't do that. Like that's, that's, we're not, don't do that. Like sometimes, but don't do that. You can be like, Hey, it's been four months and, um, we are progressing really well and we love spending time with each other. And we're like always together. And you introduced me to your family and you know, da da da. And so like, I think that we're ready for a committed relationship. What do you think? Girl, you know, I don't really need titles. We don't need no titles. Why don't we need a title? You know what time it is. No, I don't. That's why I'm asking you. Like, I, I'm asking you because I actually don't know what time it is. Girl, don't worry, but we're out. That's it. It's done. Because titles and respect go hand in hand. The reason why you don't call your doctor, the reason why your doctor is called a doctor <laughs> is because, like, that title holds respect. There's respect there, right? And it is also a boundary in titles. There are, like, clear boundaries in titles, right? So... Us just like la 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 la, like Phoebe and friends, just like always like la la la, you know, like the mood, Phoebe's mood. 
it's not going to work out if I have a goal. There's something that I want to do. We're not in alignment. I will want to be in a committed relationship where you can, you can either say, this is my boyfriend, I'm your girlfriend, this is my husband, my fiance, I'm your wife, to move forward. If that's not something that you want, then we're not aligned and that's okay. But get away from me now. Exactly. And I think being really clear in the beginning of the talking phase or when you meet somebody and being clear on what you're looking for. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm very clear from the very beginning, but I, you're going to meet some assholes. It's going to happen. I've met a couple who have, who are great liars and who come off like they want something really serious. And I've been very forward from the very beginning, very clear. And they still turn out to be jerks out of your control. But I'll tell you what I didn't do. I didn't stick around for six months, hoping that they'll change. That's the difference. You're going to meet people who are not going to align, who are good liars, but you're going to see the red flags. Now, if you stay and you stick around hoping that they'll change their mind, that's the problem. And I think that's where the difference is. If you're very upfront and you're genuine, you're going to meet people who don't align or don't want what you want. And maybe you had a few good dates or maybe you had a great month with them. Okay, fine. You know, and then you move forward from there. But I think you made a good point. We're not, we're not doing this in 2022. Mm -hmm. We're not staying in relationships that if a man is telling you he doesn't want a relationship, believe him. Actions and words have to align together, not and always, right? If somebody says to me, I love you, okay, this means nothing to nothing to me if you are not showing me love. It means nothing to me, right? If you are like, I want to be with you forever, okay, cool. Put a ring on my finger. Let's go stand in front of the church. There has to be some actions because we're too grown. So your words and your actions have to align. If they're not aligning, we're going to have a conversation and be like, stop the car. What's going on? You said something, but then your actions aren't aligning. What's up with that, right? I'll give you some grace. Check and see how you're moving. Oh, I'm sorry. Da, 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 da. Okay, cool. I'll give you some grace. See how you're moving. If we're still having the same issue, I'm going to stop the car again and be like, hey, I'm about to get out. So do you want to... Like, if I'm gonna get out, I got my own car. To be really honest with you, and like, I'm gonna get out the car. So, what are what are some green flags? Then, you know, we we talk about all these red flags and the things not to look out for. But what about healthy green flags to look for? I think one of the most important green flags is that he's ready for you. He's ready for you. And when I say ready for you, you know, we're in 2022, and a lot of women are doing really big things with themselves. Man, like they're really out here. Like we're really out here. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. out here. We are candle business, body butter businesses, podcasts, books. Like we're really building stuff on our own. We are doing a lot of our inner work. We are leading in inner work. We're leading in the game. I don't care if anybody tells me. We're leading in our inner work. Majority of my clients are women. Yeah. Majority. I would say 99% of my clients are females. Yeah. We're leading in the inner workspace. We are unpacking. We are doing our therapy. We are doing our life coaching. We are doing intuitive coaching. We are signing up for the classes. We are signing up for the courses. Like we are really out here. And as a result, we're getting better and better on the inside, right? If you come into my life as a man, you need to be ready, which means on your end, you are doing your work too, so that you are ready to receive me. So you can recognize me as a woman who is going to be your partner for real. Because if you can't recognize me as that and you don't even know what a partner is and you don't know what a team is and you don't know this and you don't know that, you're not ready for me. So I think that's like a really important red flag that like he's ready. He's ready to be in a relationship. He is ready and he wants to and he understands what a relationship is. 
or a marriage is, whatever it is that your goal is, whatever it is that you want, right? But like he's ready, like super green flag. And then also too, that he's communicative. Communicative? Is that a word? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the right word. <laughs> he communicates. <laughs> it's natural life, man. And he communicates as his authentic self. That's a super green flag, you know? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care. Like, well, if you don't like it, somebody else will, but this is who I am. I agree. I think that when you're going into a healthy relationship, I think too, when you're so used to navigating toxic ones, it can feel uncomfortable or even boring. And when you're used to a level of crazy or Mm -hmm. a level of toxic, and even if you're used to that from your childhood, when you meet somebody healthy, you can be bored. I've heard a lot of people, even with myself, where I've been in situations where I've met actually someone healthy, you know, the energy just wasn't where we needed it to be, but I was bored and I had to really evaluate why am I feeling this way? Well, because he's not bringing the toxic shit that you're used to. And mm-hmm. I had to get real with myself that somebody who's healthy may not be triggering my nervous system. They may not be triggering the, my anxiety and the neurotransmitters that I'm used to, you know, with the dopamine and the serotonin when things are great and the sex is good, right? But these ups and downs and and the craziness of a toxic relationship. So I think that it can be difficult for some people to navigate a healthy one, but it's really important to recognize healthy green flags and to you know maybe sit down with yourself and say, okay, well, I'm getting these healthy green flags. How am I responding to this? Is this me self-sabotaging or is this me just trying to navigate something I'm not used to? So for those who are really trying to get into their healing and their shadow work, what one thing I really like about your platform is it's not just about dating and relationships. It's it's really about, I've seen so many of your posts about being real with yourself, um, doing the shadow work and doing the work that's needed to heal for you. So for someone who's listening and maybe is recognizing like, I have work I need to do, where do they start? They start with asking themselves honest questions, like hard questions, and then answering them honestly. And this is something I've said for years. That's where I started. I was like, what are the issues right now? And I listed down all the issues. What needs to change? How do I resolve these issues? And everything always led back to me, 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 me. Everything led back to me. Like I always say, like everything starts and ends with us. I say that for a reason because our lives are literally just a reflection of a series of actions that we're creating. That's it. When you're an adult, like, okay, as a kid, that's a different story. But as an adult, everything that you do or don't do has a ripple effect. And you don't get to decide how far that ripple effect goes. If you throw a rock into the water, into a pond, sometimes it'll ripple twice. Sometimes that shit will ripple and ripple and ripple and ripple and ripple, right? You don't know. All you know is that these are the what you're throwing into the pond. Like you're doing that by your actions. You have to sit down with yourself and be like, yo, what am I upset? Why? I don't like my life right now. What don't I like about it? I don't like the man that's in my life. I don't like the type of men that I date. I don't like my job. I don't like this. I don't like that. Okay, cool. So what can you do about it? Because it's not going to be their problem. What's your problem? What are your problems? Where does it stem from? And a lot of times you got to trace it all the way back to childhood. Then you got to unlearn a bunch of things. You were programmed and conditioned to believe one thing. You got to unlearn a bunch of things. That's why I always tell people to keep your eyes on your own paper and focus on your work, that which you need to do. Because somebody will see 
another woman star her inner work, let's just say, and in six, or not start her inner work, but like healing from a, let's say a, a broken relationship, a toxic relationship, right? And in six months from now, she's like healed and she's going on about her business. And they're like, well, why aren't I there? How come I'm not there yet where she is? Well, because maybe she has already dealt with, she's already done enough of her inner work and she's dealt with all the ghosts of boyfriend's past. So when this heartbreak came around, she only had to deal with this one. You haven't done any inner work, have zero accountability for your life, don't even want to – you rebuke the word accountability because you associate accountability with punishment, and that's not what it is, but you rebuke it, and you have to start all the way at ground zero. It's going to take you a little bit longer to get over, heal from, grow through, et cetera, et cetera, right? You have to sit down with yourself, and you have to be honest with yourself. I would say being kind – because people will be like, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. And it's like, okay, but being honest with yourself is kind to yourself too because everybody says that they want people to be honest with them all the time. But why can't – don't lie to me. Just keep it real with me. Just be honest with me. But yet you lie to yourself every day. Let's make it make sense. You know, you lie to yourself. You don't want to confront yourself. I've had clients who have been like, oh, you know, he's a fucking – talking about like ex. You know, he's a fucking coward. Like he just runs from his problems. And I'm like, I listen to them and then I stop them. And I'm like, what have you been doing? Running from your problems? And they're like, shit, <laughs> like, but I'm a, I'm a tough coach. So, but my clients know that about me. They, they don't, they don't come for like the sugarcoated stuff. They, they already know that I'm going to like, I'm going to hold up a mirror. That's really all that I do. I just hold up a mirror, but they're like, oh man, I didn't even draw that conclusion. You know, we have to be willing to be honest with ourselves because these are the things we'll go into. We don't have healthy communication with ourselves. We lie to ourselves. And as deep by default, we lie to others when we're lying to ourselves. We lie to others about ourselves, right? We don't have solid relationships with ourselves. And then we have the nerve to be out here wanting a man. We want to build a healthy, solid relationship with a man. We want him to be honest with us. And we want him to be a good communicator. Sis, you know, because you don't get that because you're not that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you know, it just stems back of, you know, back to we kind of want the the fluffy butterfly responses, because of course, we're human, and we want validation, we, we naturally want people to align and validate us, but that's not how you grow. I don't want to be surrounded with people who are just going to agree with everything that I say, the, the two really close friends that I have, they tell me exactly what they feel and what they see in the situation, even if it doesn't aligned with how I view it. And that's what I value about my friendship with them is because they will give me a different perspective. And when you start to really kind of dive into seeing things in a different way, seeing things that, you know, maybe you weren't seeing in yourself before, that's how you grow. You can't grow if you're only aligning yourself with people in your life who are telling you what you want to hear, telling yourself what's making you feel better. How do you grow from that? How do you learn the lessons? that need to be learned because there are lessons in every person and every situation that you encounter, but it's up to you to learn that lesson. If you don't take a seat and and say, okay, well, what could I have done differently? Even in, you can meet the biggest asshole who cheated on you, who abused you, who did all of these things. There are still things in that situation that you can sit down and say, okay, what could I have done differently in this situation? So I don't repeat these patterns moving forward. You know, when I started on the Instagram, okay, Instagram, when I started on that platform of hell, I got a lot of pushback from a lot of women and I still get pushback to this day. A lot of women. Really? Yeah. 
girl, the amount of the amount of people I got to block on a daily basis is not okay, I feel like. I think it's a little weird. But anyways, <laughs> I used to get like really tormented by these women because they would be like, I would write about me taking accountability. Like if you read letters to my ex, like the story really is about, you know, this really fucking shitty relationship I had and like all the shit, just all the shit, you know? And then when we get to the end, it's very much like me taking accountability for myself big time. And a lot of women, when they would see snippets of that, they were not here for it. Oh, you're shaming yourself. You're teaching other women to shame themselves. You're victim blaming. And I'm like, what the fuck? So one of the things that I really want to drive home and I try to always like, you taking accountability for your part in this situation does not absolve the other person for their part. Like, this is not that. You saying to yourself, and you don't got to tell them, like, right? But like you saying to yourself, yo, I did ignore the red flags. I did stay longer. I overstayed my welcome in this relationship because I didn't know what love is, because I just wanted somebody to love me because I didn't want to be alone because, 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 because like all these things you can, that's your accountability, right? No, you're not responsible for him throwing down a flight of stairs. No, you're not responsible for him calling you out your name every day. That's, that's not yours to take. Like you're not responsible for him cheating on you. You're not responsible. That's not for you to take. You taking your own hand does not wash his away. That's like such a disconnect for when they think that, oh, they hear accountability and they think that, you know, we're just we're victim blaming ourselves. And it's like, that's not there. Oh, that's not what it is. And there has to be like a line where we draw between what victim blaming is and taking accountability for yourself. Cause we're living in a culture right now, a social media culture that anytime you say, no, nah, I'm taking accountability responsibility for myself. No girl, it's never your fault. It's always his girl. Don't say that about yourself. Girl, it's always his fault. And it's like, no, boy. And I've encountered that in the past. When I first started taking like real, real accountability for myself, I had like acquaintances and ex-friends who were like, girl, it's never your fault. It's always a man's fault. I'm like, how does that make sense? Like how, like you guys are, you guys honestly, like disrespectfully, you sound stupid right now. Like how, how, how's that making sense? And how's that going to help me going around? There's nothing wrong with me. Oh, I am perfect. Like that's not, I don't know why I always speak in a British accent whenever I say perfect. <laughs> I think like low key in a past life, I was literally British. And like, I love that for me I, though. I, I think so too. Maybe we were together. Who knows? So. <laughs> I'm like obsessed with British people. And every time I'm like, oh, I have some, t-. okay. Anyways, you know. How would that help me grow as a person? It wouldn't. It would make me a very egocentric, full sense of anything, everything, and really not a pleasant person to be around, to be quite honest, right? Because nobody wants to be around a person who it's never me, it's always you. It's never me, it's always you. No, fam. You have to take accountability. So what what advice would you give to your younger self? We're both the same age. I've had so much growth, thank God, because I know the shit that I did and the stuff that I put up with in my 20s. And, and those that are listening might be in the space that me and you were in, you know, back in our 20s. So what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, girl, there's so much. I don't even know who you think. But there's so- I think the primary first thing I would say is that you're too young to date. Please go get a life. Like, just go travel, go on the road trips with your homegirls, go on many, ro- yes. go on so many road trips with your homegirls that you're sick yes. of them. Go. I've missed out on a lot of my early 20s because I was playing housewife with no ring, because I was overextending myself. I was in these long, shitty relationships. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I would really say, like, yo, they'll be there 
trust me, they'll be there when you you when you're ready. And honestly, it's better to form a good relationship with yourself first so you have something of value actually, something so valuable to offer somebody, right? And that you could recognize and keep it for somebody more than that, have something so valuable to offer somebody, but also keep it for a man who has value to offer you to, who is worthy of it. I would definitely, definitely push the traveling on my younger self so hard, man. I would can book her all kinds of tickets and I would kick her out of my house. Like That's how much I would push her. Get, I would drop her off at the airport every day. Go and save your money. Fuck. No, I know I'm saying like traveling and then save your money at the same time, but like you can do both. I know that I know now that I'm grown, grown, that you could do both. But like I, me and money were so reckless, like just ridiculously reckless when I was in my, just stupid. I made a lot of it and I spent it as quick as I made it. But you're in a better space now. You're, you're in a much better space now. I was the same way in my twenties. I was in the military. So, um, I had my daughter really young, but I was stuck in these, like these toxic relationships that I, I don't want to say I wasted time because I am who I am because of them. Yeah. But if I had to give other people advice or give my younger self advice, it would be don't stay in those relationships, yeah. go travel, go live yeah. your life. And thank God I'm in a space now where I'm able to take my daughter and we travel as much as we yeah. can. But that's because I refuse to be held down by anyone or anything that's going to prevent me. So I, I think we have a lot in common. I would tell myself the same thing. Don't hold yourself down, you know, go, go out and travel, live your life and, and experience, learn. Yeah. You get to experience, that's what I was going to say too, like you get to experience so much, just so much outside of your own little cubicle and environment, right? There is a whole world out there. I think that's what people, that's also what keeps people very ignorant. There's a world out there full of people that don't look like you, that don't talk like you, that don't think like you. And there's so many other perspectives that you can learn from and even adopt sometimes, right? Depending on, you're just like, hey, I need that for myself. Thank you. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a really beautiful thing to do. It's just important. It changes your perspective on life too. And I think even how, for me, it changed my perspective on relationships on the type of person I am, my appreciation and my gratitude. Yeah. It really changed my 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 look on gratitude on for the things that maybe I don't have or for the mm-hmm. things that other people have or, you know, vice versa. So I think it changes you as a person. I, yeah. I really do. So I, I think you're spot on. So I, I really want people to be able to follow you because I know that there's people listening right now that are like, this girl is hilarious. She's real. I need to know where to find her. So where can people find you? I know that you have a podcast too, an amazing podcast that I want people to listen to. So where can they find you on your platforms? My podcast is Sis Get Your Ish Together. And that is on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, whatever, everywhere. Um, But Spotify and Apple. And my Instagram is at the Crimson Kiss. Um, But I'm really working so that this year... My Instagram is not my main platform because I hate it there. <laughs> it's, it's social media is the devil. <laughs> oh, I am like at the end, like see where my hairline is? Girl, I'm past my hairline. Like I don't even have any more space. I'm just like, oh God. I can't even imagine what you go through because I know I get stressed out with even just creation and platforms and dealing with people. So I can only imagine what you're dealing with. It's like a daycare center for grown And I'm like fuck off. Like, this is why I, no, like leave me alone. I love podcasting so much because you can't talk back to a podcast and, and people who listen to podcasts are very, they either like you or they don't. If they don't, they move along. 
there's no comment section. They're not like, I didn't like the fact that you know, I can't. I don't like the fact that you didn't say all of my traumas. What about me? I don't like the fact that in this episode, you didn't cover all of my issues. Like, they're not on that type of time. They're just like, ah, this isn't for me and move along. But people who like enjoy you, they subscribe, they are there, and you become part of their daily routine. And I love that. I love that. And if they want to say that they like your podcast or they love whatever, they'll really reach out to you to be like, I love this. Thank you so much. You know, people who don't like it won't. It's, it's, the, in, it's the opposite. People who don't right. like it won't don't really they don't reach out to you. Right. On Instagram, if they don't like something or they don't they feel like they're entitled to something, the comment section is right there. So it's easy for them to you know what I mean? I just like the podcast more. And so I agree. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same exact way. So I feel you and your and your podcast is growing and it's amazing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to link it for everyone to follow you. And if you're listening right now, go listen to her podcast, because this is just a snippet Thank of you. the many things that she talks about. And um, I, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to be like, oh, shit, you're probably gonna have a lot of oh, shit moments. So definitely go follow her. Um, B, I'm so humbled and, and grateful that you were willing to come on the show because um, I love your work. And even though, you know, Instagram is stressful, I still follow you on there. I, I love the work that you're doing. I love the the empowerment that you're giving women. So um, I appreciate it. And again, I'm going to link everything uh, for everyone to, to follow you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on, girl. Thank you. You're very welcome. And if you know anyone who will resonate with this episode, make sure that you send this to them. If you have a girlfriend or if you have a friend who needs to hear anything that you heard today, please let them know. If you like what you heard, make sure you rate and you subscribe. And until next time, see you on the next episode of Diary of an Empath.